Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are going to pick up where we left off in the book of Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the Bible, the Old Testament. We're at chapter 12. We're going to begin with verse 1. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days you that you live on the earth. So, this is Moses, Ten Commandments Moses, addressing the congregation, the children of Israel as they're called, who have been emancipated from slavery in Africa, and they're now 40 years into their wilderness trek to what's called the promised land, and just about on the door, at the doors of it, ready to enter it. And Moses is giving them, over the last few chapters, the different things they're supposed to observe. Verse 2, you should observe religiously. Verse 2, you shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. So this is the part about the colonization that they're doing. They're going in not to discover some new land that's unoccupied. They're going to a place where people already live and, and live there and they're going, they've been given, according to the story, the command by what's who's called the lord and we've gone over that how i feel of uh, what we think about that and i see what lord is translated from many times but the entity the deity they're worshiping and following has given them a command to a couple of commands the first command was in the two is thou shalt not kill and then the next another command of, um that they've been given now is to go in and massacre the people who live where they're going in to colonize so again, make sense of it how best you can, but it doesn't make sense to me. But they're going in now to go in also, they're also being ordered to not only massacre all the people, but to wipe out their places of worship. So it's, again, it points to the same thing of the manifest destiny technique that was employed by the colonizers of America, where they uh, use slave, slaves and slave people to build a new country but also, it wasn't so new because there were people here already, the indigenous Native American people, as they're called. And they did the same thing, massacred them, poisoned them, did them dirty, made treaties, then broke them, but expected them to keep them. All kinds of ugliness that still lasts to this day. Um, the same stuff and all done in the name of, oh, God gave me the right to do it in the name of manifest destiny. Verse three. And you, <clears throat> excuse me, read that. Verse four. Oh, but the the altars and the incense and the maybe we didn't read that. Okay, so verse three, and you should destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and burn their wooden images with fire. You shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. So their religion is to be wiped out. The people, the way the people who live their worship is to be erased. And again, just like in America, the Native American. Um, um, methods of worship were wiped out and considered they're still I mean they still exist because they were still passed down among the tribes that survived but systematically the people that were uh, massacred and forced to uh, assimilate with the people in charge with the new authorities the white folks who colonized the area <clears throat> excuse me colonized the country and only now our places in like in Canada reckoning with this because in Canada they did them just as bad did the native people just as badly as the colonizers did in uh, the United States 
And none of this is a racial statement against any particular race. It's history. It's what's happened. The fact that people get offended and don't want to hear um, things and call it critical race theory to put it under, under an umbrella that they of things that they don't want to hear uh, doesn't change the history. It doesn't change the facts. Verse 4. And for people who claim to be so tough and don't care about p political correctness, they're awfully sensitive about things that uh, reflect on their own history. Verse 4, you shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. So the people are being ordered not to follow the same religious uh, customs that the people in the land uh, follow. And if you think in America, there were totem poles, for instance, are, um, are some of the objects that native people use in their uh, customs. Um, so all of that would have been knocked those down, burn them up. Um, and in ancient times, it would be the same thing for whatever those people were using, the different little statutes and idols, as we they'd call them idols if you're not in that religion. But if you are in that religion, they'd be considered uh, religious relics. Um, and, and after time, now, both are considered valuable. If you find an ancient uh, artifact from one of the uh, cultures that was wiped out, it's considered, I would think, just as valuable or at least on the same level of value as the things that were held in honor uh, by the people who wiped them out. Verse 5, But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. So uh, this is another thing that people who say that you're supposed to be maintaining and still doing everything that the Bible says from Genesis to Revelation. Well, then in that case, it didn't. Why aren't you being faithful to this? It's saying here that there's a specific place where you're supposed to worship God, not just anywhere, not just willy nilly where you feel it, but a specific place. <clears throat> excuse me. What that's prescribed by the deity that's being worshipped. So um, if you're worshiping anywhere else, then are you really worshiping? You're not. Verse 6, if you believe that. Verse 6, there you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, your vowed offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. So notice that what the religion does, it goes right back to the things that are actually considered valuable by the religion by the people who are administering the religion what difference does it make to god uh, almighty whom if you uh, i believe the god almighty has authority over everything so why would god be more concerned with the with the things like the livestock the things like the <clears throat> excuse me the things that are offered the all sorts of different articles that you have to use or at least that the religion tells you you're supposed to submit to and offer for your walk in the religion. Why would any of that matter to the Lord? I don't think it matters to the Lord God Almighty. It matters to the religious leaders who are the ones who get to benefit from all these different things like the livestock and the tithes and the offerings and all those things that they've laid out for the people to abide by, but they themselves seem to be exempt from. And that's not me saying that. That's what Jesus says in the New Testament, that they lay out heavy burdens hard to bear, but they themselves will not touch the burdens with one of their fingers. So it's the same 
thing is the same system being laid out here in the Old Testament that was still in existence in the New Testament, though different sects of the same religion um, still exist to this day. The ones that were in Jesus's time were wiped out around 70 AD. The ones in Moses's time, like we're reading now, got wiped out even before then because this preceded Jesus's uh, earthly ministry. Verse 7, and there, you know, in the flesh, verse 7, and there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your households in which the Lord your God has blessed you. So that specific place of worship is already, is the one place that you're supposed to worship, and it's that place where you're supposed to go there and rejoice with your family and your goods and all that you have and be blessed there not just anywhere there verse 8 you shall not at all do as we're doing here today every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes so there you go it's supposed to be lasting supposed to be perpetual that you're not supposed to be doing the same things that they're doing there that excuse me deciding what's righteous and holy in your own mind and in your own heart instead of uh, following what it is you're commanded to do by the deity you say is your god and that's what the people are being told back then but as christians it applies in christianity why would you why would you think it's okay to uh, abide by what someone else says especially if it counters or contradicts what Jesus says. As a Christian, it's what Jesus says is that's supposed to matter. That's supposed to be our compass. Otherwise, it's not Christianity. Verse 9, For as yet you've not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. So Moses is telling them, don't do the things you're doing now, the different forms of worship that they were doing during those 40 years while they're wandering through the wilderness. But instead, follow the new of prescribed method of worship uh, once they get to the so-called promised land verse 10 but when you cross over to jordan and dwell in the land which the lord your god is giving you to inherit and he gives you rest from all your enemies round about so that you dwell in safety so moses is saying so once you get to the new land once you colonize the area you're going in to massacre the people and take over steal their stuff once you get there and settle in, verse 11, then there will be the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, and all your choice offerings, which you vow to the Lord. So again, it's about the things. It's once you get to that new place, that promised land that uh, that you uh, go in and massacre and steal and conquer then you have a specific place of worship a specific method of worship that's to be followed religion verse 12 and you shall rejoice before the lord your god you and your sons and your daughters your male and female servants and the levite who is within your gates since he has no portion nor inheritance with you so he's saying once you've conquered and colonized then you can go ahead and let your hair down and relax and rejoice and um not just you you and all the people with you let's see verse 13 
Take heed to yourself that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every place that you see. So again, it's not up to you to just decide what's the right place to worship. Where's the right place to make the sacrifices? Where do I feel like um, worshiping and the religion should be? It's not supposed to be like that at all. And that's according to Moses. Verse 14, but in the place which the Lord chooses in one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings and there you should do all that I command you. So Moses is letting them know, be faithful to what I tell you and the Lord will tell you where it is you're supposed to worship and um, and uh, set up the religion, not just wherever you feel like it. Verse 15, however, you may slaughter and eat meat within all your gates, whatever your heart desires, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. The unclean and the clean may eat of it. The, of the gazelle and the deer alike so he's not saying all the foods are uh are kosher you can't just eat whatever you want to um once you get there he's saying the unclean and clean person may eat it and he's saying um uh, and uh, that the as far as slaughtering it's okay to slaughter and butcher animals for your own eating um once you get to that promised land but remember for the 40 years they've been wandering through the wilderness they've been on manna eating the uh, so-called bread from heaven and the meat and stuff pretty much was uh reserved for again the religious leaders you were ordered to bring in all these different uh, animals the livestock plenty of beef all kinds of even pork because uh, even unclean animals were um dedicated to the uh religious leaders but the people weren't allowed to eat this stuff unless the religious people the religious leaders had different events like um the sacrifices the burnt sacrifices they call it burnt but it doesn't mean burnt to ashes it just means put to fire in other words barbecued so when there were events like that where they could share with the whole congregation that would happen but otherwise the congregation was on manna from what we've read and the meat and the good eats were reserved for the elites and the people just had to accept it and deal with it even though they got sick of it hated it weren't pleased with it again and again throughout the narrative that's still the way they've had to worship but now it seems once they get to the promised land they can go ahead and slaughter animals and wherever they want to they don't have to do it at the with the uh with the by the priest's hand verse 16 only you shall not eat the blood you shall pour it on the earth like water so um blood uh eating blood is forbidden there um but we know chefs use blood now they'll use blood to thicken different soup like soups and um stews and things and that's nothing new um so if you do that uh, you're offending in this order and it's not the first time eating blood has been um outlawed or you know considered uh unrighteous and um so that also includes when we read it before if you're eating rare meat if you uh if there's blood in the meat they'll just call it juices but it's still <clears throat> it's blood it's red it's pink and if it's the same thing in chicken you'd call it blood you wouldn't call it juices but they'll call it juices when it's beef to make it palatable but um it either way whether you call it blood or juices it's still blood and um if that's the case you're offending in these uh commandments and this in this case it's not a, so much a commandment but when it was mentioned before 
it's given it's given as an order and just like it is here you shall not eat the blood that's pretty much an order verse 17 you shall you may eat not eat within your gates the tithe of your grain or your new wine or your oil or of the firstborn of the firstborn of your herd or your flock of any of your offerings which you not which you vow of your free will offerings or of the heave offerings of your hand so those are the different offerings animal sacrifices in other words and tithes don't forget the tithes that's the money um that you uh, uh that you aren't allowed to partake in <clears throat> excuse me in the place where you are but that uh, again it has to be at certain place where um these things are enjoyed um but notice there also what it says about the tithe it says you the eat you may not eat it so it means that um well the place where you may not eat it is what's talked about here but you eating the tithe itself because the tithe can be money but it can just also it could also be a tithe of your flock a tenth of your flock um and that you may not eat it within your gates so a tithe isn't the same way if people think of it in modern times uh, so much as like a 10% of your paycheck that you give to the church instead it seems to be describing here a 10% that you're able to enjoy yourself but it has a religious dedication to it and the place where you yourself may enjoy that tithe is specific verse or may not enjoy it is also specific verse 18 but you must eat them before the Lord your God in the place which the Lord your God chooses you and your son and your daughter you may your male servant and your female servant and the Levite who is within your gates and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all to which you put your hands so that tithe isn't meant to be um, so isn't meant to be set aside say 10% of your flock isn't meant to be set aside for yourself to sit at home and eat it but instead it's supposed to be you can still eat it but it has supposed to be apparently in the special place that is prescribed again by the entity the deity that's being worshipped by the Lord that's the place where you're supposed to eat that tithe and Lord here is still being translated from the word Jehovah and God is being translated from the word Elohim in this verse <clears throat> excuse me some water um, let's see sorry the page jumped um, here Okay, verse 19. Take heed to yourself that you do not forsake the Levite as long as you live in your land. So um, the Levites are the religious branch of the, the congregation. And they're the ones who didn't get a, a, a land allotment in the new promised land. All the congregation got gets to choose their lots that they want to go in and uh, occupy or uh, colonize. But the Levites, their uh, reward, their pay their um part portion in the promised land is instead all the religious things that are dedicated all those different animals that people have to um give to the religion for the different offerings and different sacrifices and different um uh, rituals that that's their pay not the land that the um uh, that they're going in to colonize and so they're to be remembered by the rest of the con congregation to take care of them basically Verse 20, when the Lord your God enlarges your border as he has promised you, and you say, let me eat meat 
because you long to eat meat. You may eat as much meat as your heart desires. So now the prohibitions on eating meat are gone. You can eat as much meat as you want to once you get to that promised land. Verse 21, if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, then you may slaughter from your herd and from your flock, which the Lord has given you, just as I've commanded you, and you may eat within your gates as much as your heart desires. So instant contradiction. You were just given the order that you have to go to that specific place to worship, make your offerings and eat it. And then just like that, in the same chapter, you're given an out. You're given an exemption that, okay, well, if it's too far, then you can just go ahead and eat it at home as much as you want to. Well, then why give the command in the first place? Aren't they all set up and going over there and to possess that same area? And that's not to say that it's so such a small area that you everyone can just gather to it. But it just seems like, why lay down a commandment and then turn around and give an exemption to it? And then you know, wouldn't everybody just instantly say, well... Uh, the place to worship is it's right down the street but I think that's too far so I'm just going to eat it at home there's your exemption do you have to really I don't know I don't know it seems contradictory to me but it's what it reads so let's keep reading verse 22 just as the gazelle and the deer are eaten so you may eat them the unclean and the clean alike may eat them so again free to eat as much as you want where you want apparently you're supposed to eat it and worship and at the prescribed place of worship but if it's too far you can stay home and do it verse 23 but that too far part is the subjective part which is to me the out verse 23 only be sure that you do not eat the blood for the blood is the life you may not eat the life with the meat so that uh, uh, command not to eat the blood so no rare meat uh, it's forbidden and in uh, non-religious strictly scientific biological medical sense you should not be eating blood uh that's like it says that's where the life is there's lots of life in that blood it, that blood keeps us alive as it flows through us but then also there's all sorts of bacterial and viral life in that blood that you don't want to be partaking in so if you're eating that blood you're asking for trouble we'll think of things like swine flu bird flu chicken pox monkey pox all sorts of different things that are blood-borne that if you take part in them you have a good chance especially in modern times of getting sick salmonella all sorts of things of eating undercooked underprepared bloody food especially meats no bueno verse 24 you shall not eat it you shall pour it on the earth like water so the blood specifically is to be <clears throat> excuse me not eaten and explicitly poured out like water in, onto the ground. And that goes back, it seems to me, there's a, a, a foreshadowing of that in Genesis when the first blood was shed in the Bible when Cain murdered Abel. Um, his blood was said to be uh, crying out from the earth. And from then on, it seems when it talks about um, blood in those sorts of instances that it's supposed to be to the earth and then the earth seems to respond with that um to that bloodshed with um vengeance sometimes and it sounds like witchcraft but it, if you think in the sense of how jesus preaches that um uh, that the i mean well before we get to that it sounds like witchcraft in the sense of you're doing these ceremonies and the blood being poured out to the earth and and like i say with genesis the earth crying out and all of that 
it seems to me to point to uh, to sound a lot like the whole um, witchcraft, Wicca, voodoo, those sort of um, beliefs and customs. And then Jesus, like I was going to say, talks about the world seeming to have that sort of um, effect, the universe having some sort of energy and power to itself that does its own thing. We, and an example is uh, when Jesus says, um, when Jesus talks about revenge, he says, um, uh, oh, what is it? Um, well, let's go with the other one first. When Jesus talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he doesn't say that God so loved the people that he gave his only begotten son. He says God so loved the world. And I think that's because the world, oh, that's the one. Where Jesus says the world yields crops by itself. He himself does not know how. The world, the universe, the experience of walking under the sun, as Proverbs or Ecclesiastes talks about it, seems to have its own effect and it has its own way of working things and having outcome for things just like you plant a seed and the earth will do its own thing with the seed all you can do is plant it and try and nourish it but the earth will do its own thing it seems that works that way in beyond just the agricultural sense but maybe in a higher sense in a spiritual sense where the earth the world has its own effect and its own results that it can produce um, on the people and elements that are in it and then God notices that doesn't even necessarily know like Jesus says he himself does not know how but for the earth yields crops by itself so that's the one thing that Jesus himself says is an unknown and, and that's a parable where Jesus or not a, even a parable but it's uh, one of Jesus's teachings that correlates the uh, ex- the experience of God and the earth, the world, to um, the whole agricultural sort of uh, correlation that Jesus draws out of it, um, and that's in the book of Luke. Uh, we've read about it before, or we've read through it before. Um. So anyway, verse twenty-five: You shall not eat it, that it may go well with you and your children after you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. So Moses is saying, be obedient and do what he's telling them to do for your own good. Verse 26, only the holy things which you have and your vow offerings you shall take and go to the place which the Lord chooses. He's saying, but the religiously dedicated things, those vows and offerings for the the, the religious order for uh, the leaders, um, that that is a specific place. Um, that you have to take the I'll say like for the Passover um, every year verse 27 and you shall offer your burnt offerings the meat and the blood on the altar of the Lord your God and the blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar altar of the Lord your God and you shall eat the meat so there you have it you're allowed to eat the meat but the blood is to be sacrificed to the Lord and poured out and also, um, what was the other part about that one? Maybe it was nothing. I thought it was something else that they was going to notice. But So they're being told, though, specifically that they can go ahead and eat as much of the meat as they want. So I'm sure the people are delighted about, about that. Because like I said, to this point, it's nothing but manna uh, that they've been um, uh, free to eat. Um, you know, freely eating. Um, but they again and again complained about that and had just about had it with the manna. 
Verse 28, observe and obey all these words which I command you, that it may go well with you and your children after you forever, when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. So that um, children after you forever, that uh, points to a whole per that perpetual statute stuff that if they were told to do it back then, should still be doing it now if you believe these are orders directly from God um, and it's for your own benefit so that it'll even benefit your descendants down the line. Verse 29, when the Lord your God cuts off from before you the nations which you go to dispossess and you displace them and dwell in, the la in their land. So Moses is saying once you get to that land and uh, colonize it, verse 30, take heed to yourself that you are not ensnared to follow them after they, after they are destroyed from before you and that you do not inquire after their gods saying how did these nations serve their gods I also do likewise he's saying be careful not to do that don't go in and colonize the land and then notice how they worship God what their religion was and then decide oh I'm just going to go ahead and adopt that um, as a new form of worship a new religion he's saying be careful not to do that Verse 31, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abomination to the Lord, which he hates, they've done to their gods. For they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. So Moses is saying um, the way they worship, the way the people who live there, uh, that the congregation is going in to colonize, massacre, and replace, and take their land. He's saying the way they worship is abominable. It's an offense to the Lord God Almighty and that they're not to adopt those same sort of ways and he gives as a for instance the burning of their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods so a burnt sacrifice a human burnt sacrifice of your own child is what Moses is talking about there but that's not necessarily the only thing he's talking about when um, they'll say it and we'll read about it and I think it's been mentioned like just slightly here and there as we've gone this far but as we keep reading god willing we get to keep reading um there'll be another entity that people worship as their god called molech and i think like i said we mentioned it once or twice as we've got this far in the bible but one of the things that people would do for their worship there and that's including the people in this congregation is to let their children pass through the fire to that molech and so you could think of it as a burnt offering where you're completely burning up to ashes your child or you could think of it just like the barbecue where it's not burnt to ashes at all but instead it sounds more to me it sounds like to me more of something like uh fire walking where you see people walk on hot, hot coals for instance as part of their religion that's forbidden you're not supposed to do that according to this because that's that same passing through the fire it's the and because those coals are hot, sometimes they even are on fire, and you walk right over those coals. And uh, some people don't get burnt. Uh, and it, you, you could look it up yourself and see. But it's a ritual that people even still do in modern times. And some people do it and don't even consider the, uh, the religious connotations with it. Some people just do it out of other um, things like um, thrill-seeking or uh, just pushing their limits to see what it is experimentation lots of different reasons but the religious part of it is that passing through the fire and Moses is saying you're not supposed to do that either verse 32 whatever I command you to, 
Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it nor take away from it. So Moses is letting the people know it's his words that they're supposed to be abiding by and sticking with, not taking away from it, not adding to it. Let that be what it is they worship as if it were set in stone. But the things that were set in stone were just those Ten Commandments. All these other uh, ordinances, statutes, and dogma came later. They weren't given at the two times that Moses went up on the mountain to get those tablets of stone. Uh, instead, the religion seems to me to have tacked all these things on for the people to be wrangled by and subject to so that, again, the Levites, the religious people, can be taken care of so that you can be fined for what it is you did wrong and offending in the religion and have to pay that fine, which then goes to the religion, the religious leaders, to maintain them and take care of them so that they are um so that that's their portion that's their pay for their um for their service in the religion um that's the last verse in this chapter so that's where we'll end this reading thanks again for reading along with me oh as always i hope it's a blessing for you and hope you'll join me again stay safe god bless you peace be with you and i'll see you next time i love you